Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, I've been talking a lot about entrepreneurship lately and Uh, In this episode, you'll get to hear from a new entrepreneur who made a pivot during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I hope you enjoy hearing more about her story. All right, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Dr. Jamie Wilkie, who is a pharmacist that loves what she does and brings passion and happiness to the pharmacy profession. Jamie grew up in a small town in Wyoming where she got her start in pharmacy working at the local city drug. She attended the University of Wyoming School of Pharmacy for her Doctor of Pharmacy and was active in student government while at UW and served as president and later vice president for her pharmacy class. For 10 years post-graduation, Jamie worked in community pharmacy while having and raising her four little boys. But frustrated by the stress and schedule of that position, uh, she created her own job for herself that better suits her talents, her passions, and her family's busy schedule. She abruptly jumped out of retail and into the world of entrepreneurship and has found her true calling in life as the founder and CEO of Arches Health, LLC. Jamie serves patients in her community as a consultant pharmacist focusing on pharmacogenomics. After getting her practice up and running, she began to empower other pharmacists to do the same. She teaches pharmacists in her online program and active network called PGX Consulting Confidence Academy to confidently champion PGX or pharmacogenomics and create their own consulting practices that bring the flexibility, freedom, and satisfaction to change their careers. Dr. Wilkie is a member of CPIC, as well as the nonprofit organization GTMRX and ASCP. She has been featured on over 15 podcasts in the past year on Pharmacy Times, Kajabi, and was recently voted as one of the top 50 most influential leaders in pharmacy. Jamie is optimistic about the future of pharmacy and knows great things are in store for those pharmacists who are willing to push boundaries, think big, and use the full extent of their education. Jamie, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Dr. Blackburn. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, we're excited to have you. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is fun to have my personal life and my professional life mesh together now because before they were two separate things. And it it was a satisfying career, but yet it lacked my personality and my commitment to my profession. And so now it's so fun to have those overlap where I feel like my strengths and my passions are aligned with my professional pursuits. So really, it doesn't even feel like I work anymore. I just get to do what I love, which I always used to laugh at when people would say, and I thought, well, I'm a pharmacist. That's that's not possible. But I, I can be pretty happy with my job. But 
there's just so much more out there for PharmDs who are willing to push the boundaries that it's it's a rewarding time to be a pharmacist. It is. And so you grew up in Wyoming, but where are you now? So now I'm in Utah, one of the most beautiful states in the country with five national parks. And I love Utah so much. All right. Well, Janie, tell us just a little bit about, um, you know, we heard about when, when did you make the leap from community pharmacy to, uh, you know, doing full-time pharmacogenomics and teaching others how to do that? Yeah, so it was a process. It's not something I just quit my job overnight and figured out a new job for myself the next day. It took a lot of building in the background, building a side hustle, showing that it was feasible and financially rewarding, and then growing it to a place where I felt I could quit my retail job entirely. Mm -hmm. And so all of that started with the beginning of COVID. I feel like Mm -hmm. I already had a position that was stressful and there was a lot of pressures in a, working in a 24-hour retail pharmacy. And then when COVID happened, it felt like, okay, this is past my breaking point. Mm-hmm. I've got to make a change. I can't keep putting it off anymore. And so I just jumped in and really started figuring out how to build a consulting business, what tools were available, what a pharmacist can do, what we can't do. And once I started down that path, I couldn't look back and and the more I saw what was possible, the sooner my exit date approached for leaving a traditional uh, retail setting. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I think a lot of people may be like, I'm so frustrated. I just want to quit my job. But about how long was that process? Because I, I think that is an important part to, you know, get that it took a lot of dedication. Yeah, it really did. It probably took between nine months and a year from when I first got the idea and said I need to make a change to building it to feel confident enough to actually officially quit. After slow, I would slowly lowering my hours over the course of the year. So it was definitely slowly easing off and and not something that just overnight was magic. And then I got to quit and a fairy tale story. Entrepreneurship takes a lot of work and dedication and a lot of um, growth, and it's been really rewarding, but it's definitely not a overnight success story. Yes. It, yeah. People see the, you know, I love that um, ice, iceberg uh, picture because what people see, you know, oh, you're at the top of the mountain at the iceberg, and they don't see all of the things like, you know, the like you're being a mom for your four boys and working at your retail job. And then at night, you're, or weekends, you're studying and, and getting caught up. And so, um, gosh, it, hard work, but it is worth it when it pays off. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about why pharmacogenomics and um, how you decided on that. Oh, yeah. So I actually didn't even have pharmacogenomics on my radar most of my professional career. I don't recall learning about it in pharmacy school when I graduated back in 2010. And it just, I was not even aware of it. And so one year when my CEs were due to renew, where I had to get a certain amount of of CE hours, I thought, I'm just going to wipe them out with a certificate course. And I'm, I've am i been hearing something about pharmacogenomics. I've started, it's starting to get on the radar, but I have no idea what it is. So I just jumped into that CE program and devoured it. And by the time I came out on the other side, I felt like, 
oh my gosh, this is a really big deal for helping our patients in a personalized way. I don't see this happening anywhere in my community. The fact that I'm a pharmacist and didn't even know that the science existed is, I think, a point showing that how much our profession has to go to even realize the awareness of personalized medicine through genetics, let alone applying it to actually help our patients in our community. And the importance of it was further hit home to me when one of my closest family members and someone who I love very much went through a really hard mental health crisis in which a doctor prescribed an antidepressant, which was not right for her body, and ultimately so severely impacted her that she was sent on a a spiral and ended up in the hospital, in the psych ward of the hospital for two weeks, not once, but twice. And so Mm. six figures in medical bills later and a young family whose life was turned upside down when ultimately all of that could have been prevented if the prescriber had looked at her genetics to pick a medicine that would have been more ideal for her from the beginning made me as a pharmacist say, this is crazy. How many patients are needlessly suffering like this with um, a, a shotgun approach, if you will, to prescribing and trial and error? We're living in 2022 and our patients deserve better care. And so whether I liked it or not, I felt like, well, I got to start carrying this banner for pharmacogenomics because if our profession doesn't take it up, then who will? I really see it as a bright way to get pharmacists out of dispensing and product-based roles to truly make a meaningful impact on their patient and help them instead of staying stuck medicating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And gosh, it always seems that it's you know a personal story like that, that um, is really that trigger point to, you know, look at, at how, you know, we're, cause we're problem solvers, right? So we want to mm-hmm. be able to, to fix things and, um, you know, what better, uh, profession to be at the forefront for pharmacogenomics than pharmacists and, and pharmacy. So, um, I think that's really exciting, um, so tell us a little bit, you know, I know that you've um, gotten some, you know, you do some training and stuff as well. What what did you start doing just to kind of get your up, yourself up to speed on the topic? Do you mean uh, what? Sorry, clarify that question. Oh, on pharmacogenomics. Oh, yeah. So I learned everything that I could. As I mentioned, I went through the the certificate training program, but where I felt that training lacked and most certificate programs do is the, okay, how do I actually roll this out in my community? How do I actually do this? Now I have the, my knowledge is up to speed. How do I do it? And there really wasn't a lot of resources out there for a pharmacist being an independent consultant and creating a consulting based practice. So I literally got on the phone with anyone and everyone from around the country that I could find that had some sort of consulting practice and some other people who had really great PGX expertise and kind of just had to pull it all together to create my own unique practice, like bootstraps, figured it out because I didn't, I didn't find a resource that could just put all the steps together for me and I just followed the blueprint. So it was a huge effort, but it was also really rewarding talking to so many great leaders in the field who had great insight and were willing to share 
and help me out. But like you were saying, it took a lot of effort on nights and weekends that um, I think if I didn't want out of my position so badly, I probably would have just given up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so speaking of, you know, leaders in the field, um, who, you know, who are some of, or where do you see uh, pharmacy kind of stepping up uh, in terms of, of leadership? Uh, I know that, that you mentioned you were able to identify some and, and people are, were generally willing to talk and, and share, but uh, any other thoughts on, on that topic? Yeah, this is where I'm really excited to see pharmacy develop because for so long we've stayed in very traditional roles and in traditional settings, but the future for our profession is changing very rapidly. And I see a huge need for leaders to take over this space, not only in pharmacogenomics, but just in pioneering new trails and new career paths for pharmacists who are looking to adapt their career to the future. And so it is a fun and really exciting space to be because there's not a lot of competition and a lot of opportunity. But as as pharmacists, we're not trained to think outside the box, at least in most pharmacy schools, and are, are trained to think of entrepreneurship as owning a pharmacy. And so there's a lot of great leaders who are willing to to network with you that I've I've connected with on LinkedIn, but I also see such an opportunity for those who are craving more and want to lead in this space to just take it and run with it and and own this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things that you've done really well over the last year or so is uh, focus on LinkedIn and tell us, you know. Were there any things that you started for those people that that still don't either have LinkedIn or aren't using it? Uh, what are some things that you would tell you know pharmacists about LinkedIn or and building their uh, online presence? Oh my gosh, I blame LinkedIn for all of my entrepreneurial pursuits because if I hadn't created a LinkedIn account at the beginning of the pandemic and seeing what other pharmacists were doing, I probably would stay, have stayed where I was and just kept scrolling endlessly on job boards looking for a different job. Because LinkedIn is really the key to professional success, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or just have a bright professional future. Because LinkedIn is amazing in that you can see anyone around the country and and around the world, and they can see you and you can put your best foot forward. And it's like your resume, you're showing to the world. And so people can already get an idea of who you are and what you do before they meet with you. So really, it's a great way to get in the door to conversations you probably wouldn't have otherwise. And so to me, it seems crazy to not have a LinkedIn account when you can reach out to so many different people. And even if you're not an extrovert like I am who loves talking to new people and has no hesitations reaching out to anyone and everyone, just seeing what other people are doing and learning from their experience and just feeling the momentum of where pharmacy is going and being kind of on the cutting edge of change is an amazing place to be. So I would highly recommend getting a LinkedIn account. I still just use the free version, so it doesn't cost any money. You can connect with people all across the country and the world and truly meet great people, see great ideas in action, and just get inspired for 
what's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think LinkedIn is a great uh, resource as well. Um, are there other other platforms that you also use, or um, you know, just I don't want to leave anything out, but. Um, no, LinkedIn is it. I love LinkedIn. I mean, I'm growing a Facebook and Instagram presence, but I where my ideal clients are is on LinkedIn. So I am just using it and abusing it, and I love it. And if this girl like me who had no LinkedIn account, and when I first started, I didn't even have professionals to connect with. I was complaining to my husband when I first started it. I was like, Jeremy, I don't have anyone to connect with. I know like five pharmacists at Walgreens and none of them have a LinkedIn account. Mm. How am I supposed to grow this? And mm. so I just started by going gangbusters and like every week just connected with 20 new people mm. who were doing something interesting and then kept that up consistently. Every single week, if you're connecting with 20 to 50 new people over the course of months and a year, you'll find you have a huge and robust network that you've slowly built over time. That's pretty amazing and rewarding. So don't feel like you have to be someone to start. I knew no one. I was like adding random neighbors and I was able to grow a, a good following and a good influence just with consistent action. Yes. Consistency is the key. Um, as you've shared. So Jamie, tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on the changing role of a pharmacist. Oh, my favorite topic, Hillary. So where I see pharmacy changing is going to knowledge-based roles instead of product-based roles, because as we're seeing even right now, there's some really big players coming in and taking and automating the traditional medication dispensing process, which leaves our profession with two options. We either get replaced by robots or we adapt and serve our community and our patients in a different way that, that better helps them using the knowledge that we have. And so I see a lot of my previous coworkers kind of doing what an ostrich does and sticking their head in the sand and saying, well, that day hasn't come yet today. So I'm just going to keep working and trucking along and cross my fingers that my job doesn't change because if I lose this job I've had for so long, I honestly don't know what else I could do in pharmacy because hmm. traditionally pharmacy has been so siloed that you do this one role really well, but then to cross over like from retail to hospital or hospital to industry feels like it's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start adapting, then you're going to spend all of your time just trying to apply to new jobs versus using that time constructively to network with key people in the area where you want to go and brushing up on professional and communication skills or even growing a business with all of that time that you were before just spent scrolling for a different position in what you've been doing. We have to adapt. Our, our profession is changing and it's exciting in that we get to control our own future. And so if we want to, we can start taking the steps before something catastrophic happens. So if if you were to lose your job or get cut hours, you have some sort of plan B out there for you. Absolutely. I think that's what it is. So many pharmacists feel stuck. And, um, you know, it 
as long as we can continue to learn and grow and uh, build up those skills, then you have more of the confidence and, um, I guess, power to be a little bit pickier and, you know, do some other things uh, that you might uh, have otherwise thought that you weren't, you know, eligible for. So really great examples. Um, so Jamie, what is as a kind of our final question that I'd love to ask all of our guests, um, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Oh, I would definitely say don't doubt your knowledge and don't doubt your expertise because a lot of people who are there just starting out say, well, I need X amount of years under my belt before I can go do something great. I would say own that D that you have and that you worked so hard to get and start taking steps to be your future self now, to think about what you actually want from your career and how you can do something today that'll get you on that trajectory. Because I think we we stick with traditional roles still, and, and pharmacy schools are really good about keeping us in the traditional roles box. But even as a student or as a new grad, figuring out what's important to you in your career and what you want to do and what your skills and talents are that you can use in a career and just like taking a 30,000 foot view on what do you want from your life and how are you going to get there and start planning now, knowing that it is possible, even if it's not a mainstream option and just start taking action to do it and believe that you can do it and action cures fear and just start taking actions. Even if you don't know the next 10 steps, you know, one step that can push you out of your comfort zone and start getting you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gosh, wow. Jamie, what an inspiration that you literally went from like no LinkedIn account to, you know, being a a prolific poster and connector and, uh, you know, creating your own um, business to be able to, um, you know, do and teach others about uh, pharmacogenomics. So, um, really inspiring. And I'm so excited that we're able to share your story on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share my voice and share the hope and optimism for our profession. Because truly, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And it really is a great time in the history of the world to be a PharmD. Absolutely.